0: Hey guys, welcome to episode number 8 of the 180DC podcast. This episode is in celebration of Australia LGBT History Month. If you don't know who 180 Degrees Consulting is, we're the world's largest student-run consultancy for non-profits and social enterprises, and so this episode is brought to you by the 180 Degrees Consulting branch from the University of Melbourne. As per usual, always feel free to have a listen to our prologue for a better understanding of what this podcast aims to achieve, or visit our socials. There are timestamps below for better browsing access to areas and episodes you wish to navigate to, as well as the socials for this week's guests, so you can check out their profile whilst listening. There will also be some links and resources in regards to LGBTQ+, and allyship, for effective digestion of this episode's content. Enough for me for now, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the 1ADC podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dang, and with October being LGBT History Month in Australia, We've dedicated some time this month to putting together this project. Today, we're exploring some conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, particularly for those who identify as LGBTQ+, plus and are from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. We'll be talking with Alex Chen, who goes by he, him pronouns, a current associate at LEK Consulting, who co-founded not only Australia's of LEK chapter, which is LEK's employee resource group that's dedicated to supporting LGBTQ+, plus employees and allies, but also Mosaica LEK, which is an internal resource group at LEK for helping those who identify as racial and ethnic minorities. Alex brings on lived experience and an intersectional lens to this topic. So hence why I reached out to him to have him on for this episode. So Alex, great to have you on for the podcast and welcome to the episode.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Kevin. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, so Before I start, uh, there were a couple of terms I wanted to define that we've been using in this podcast uh, because acknowledging that we're all at different levels of literacy around diversity, equity, inclusion in that sense. So first, LGBTQ+, it's an umbrella term for sexuality and gender identity that includes lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. Um, And two, intersectional and intersectionality is an analytical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to create different modes of discrimination and privilege. For example, a socially economically disadvantaged person of colour will face different experiences to a wealthy person of colour. Yeah, so it's super important to have me define those concepts because generally there are terminology that can be misunderstood when we cover important topics such as gender diversity. I think part of me is super fascinated about this topic and it's why... I wanted to have an expert like yourself, Alex, come on today to chat about it. But before we do, Alex, you've lived an interesting life from my perspective, both personally and professionally. So I'd love to have you provide some highlights into your profile by an intro and also touch points into who you are and your roles at LK.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I'm I'm certainly not an expert, um, but really do appreciate the kind words and happy to sort of give my own personal sort of lived experiences around this matter. Um, Yeah, so a bit about me I'm a management consultant by trade. So I'm currently working at LEK and I've just started my first year there as an associate. but before that I graduated a degree in business uh, majoring in accounting and finance at UTS just prior um, so it was quite an interesting time to graduate um, during COVID and certainly it was a stressful time um, during graduate applications but uh, really glad we sort of made it out at the end of the process and are here at the moment essentially.
0: Uh, trivially told I was loving your introduction in that sense especially how you have structured it in that manner but also, additionally, uh, it's nice to see that from your experiences, you've actually lived through a lot of consulting experience during your day at uni, right? Um, you've done internships at big consulting firms. You've traveled the world to some of the most exotic areas to represent UTS and case competitions, and you even had a chance to bring home um, some trophies along the way. To me, I think those were some great pinnacle days of your consulting journey, but I trust there are a lot more of those to come. Uh, what I am curious about, though, is... How you found yourself immersed in this world of consulting, because I think from a student's POV, and from what you just mentioned, an accounting and finance major, right, is deemed to have a very different career orientation. So, Alex, how did you first touch base with consulting? What prompted you to find yourself making a career out of something that seemed at first only an extracurricular activity, but over time became something you invested more time into and considered as a career option?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for my university degree, I definitely took a bit of a scenic route. So I just tried a lot of things out early on in my degree. Um, just because I was sort of that person that just liked to throw myself into a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I had any particular set career ambition, I have to say, Um, when graduating uni, I kind of fell into consulting after doing a range of different things. Um, In university, I got involved with this group um, called UTS Case Team, and they basically work with UTS's business school to send people overseas Um, to compete in international case competitions. And I thought it was great because, you know, it just uh, was a way to travel overseas while also meeting some really interesting, bright people um, and working together to solve problems um, for organisations around the world. And I kind of fell into that just by getting involved in lots of different things in university as well. So um, being involved in, you know, starting a social entrepreneurship society um, kind of got me into that particular world, uh, which had a lot of other people doing very interesting things and just had people refer me and ask me to do other things as well. So that's kind of how I fell into that
0: essentially. I mean, fair play to the depths you went to to find out that it was something you were very interested in, perhaps wanted to consider doing it long-term as well. I mean, we've previously discussed on the podcast the different ways people get into consulting from very different backgrounds and so it's nice to see how you've made it into consulting through your own choices and your own decision making right uh what i wanted to note though is that if you have a look into Alex's background. He did do a few internships here and there, did international case competitions. Uh, there's also no doubt that he did get return offers from a lot of the different internships that you've done as well. But something I noticed was that he started as a fresh associate at LEK, Alex, with no prior stage of ever stepped into the firm as a summer intern or through any other opportunities or programs that LK does offer. So, why did you choose Lek over your other options, and what is it about this firm that made it as a standout as a first preference to you, Alex?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a really great question. Maybe I'll preface that by talking a bit about my career journey as well. Um, so I initially um, got a first internship at Commonwealth Bank and tried out a few things in digital and design, and that's essentially what I thought I'd be interested in doing. Um, And I think I realised I liked a lot about that, Um, but there were also parts of it that I didn't enjoy as much. And that's why I moved on to other parts of marketing, for example. Um, And then also um, in my career, um, made different steps along the way into consulting and finally in strategy consulting. And throughout that process, um, I realised I liked a lot of things like variety. Um, I liked working on some really strategic problems. And also liked creativity uh, at the same time and when I ended up applying for LEK I think I had a fairly good idea of the specific things that I wanted in a career um, and LEK uh, really just sort of fit the bill essentially. Um, when looking at you know the reasons why I chose LEK compared to some other consulting firms is um, LEK typically has shorter case cycles. So what that means is you get a variety of experiences um, very early on and you get to really get exposed to sort of everything essentially. Um, And L.A.K. really gave a good impression during the process as well. So during the interview, um, I got along really well with some of the associates who interviewed me um, and also the partners who were really interested in my story. So I think having that really nice personal touch when going through the recruitment process uh, and beforehand when I reached out to people at the firm, it really sold me on the firm as well. And that's why I'm here.
0: Definitely. I think. The interview process going as smooth as you say it is, is definitely an influential factor on why you would choose an organization like L.E.K., but it's very persuasive for you there as well. It makes me regret not having chucked in an application for L.E.K. myself, but maybe in 2023, I might see you there. Uh, it's appealing to see your viewpoint and how strong you stand on your decision to join L.E.K. as an organization, right? And so having been in the organization and passing your first six months there, you've gone and really outdone yourself through the mindset to really push forward these initiatives right and what I meant by that really links back to what I mentioned in the introduction right and how you recently co-founded part of LEK chapter for the Australian branch and so I wanted to open space for you Alex to discuss your passion for diversity equity and inclusion because I wanted to understand where this passion to focus your energy on the elements of cultural diversity and LGBTQ plus space comes from and What pushed you to launch the Pilot L.E.K. Australian chapter?
1: Yeah, definitely. So before starting um, my career at L.E.K., I found myself being involved in a range of different advocacy organisations. So... I got involved with this organization called Out for Australia early on and helped to run their mentoring program and do a variety of different things. And Out for Australia basically is an organization that supports young LGBTQ people um, to be their authentic selves in the workplace. And um, through my experience with that, and I guess on my own sort of personal experiences myself, uh, it got me thinking a lot about... um, You know, what can we do better as a society? You know, what are the things that we can improve to make um, everyone feel included, uh, feel like they belong in workplaces and in broader society? Um, And at the same time, where are we currently at? So, a lot of my passion really comes from, to be honest, actually seeing that there's actually a lot of room to grow in Australia. Um, you know, when we look on um, LGBTQ diversity, I think we've seen um, so much change happen over the past few years. A lot of firms are now really taking it as a really serious element of diversity to improve. And um, LEK, um, you know, acknowledges this and has been really vocal about. Um, pushing forward LGBTQ diversity at the firm and funding it as well. Uh, and on the cultural diversity side, um, part of it is also realizing and speaking and to people in the space um, how stark it is essentially. When you look across um, all aspects of society, whether it's law, politics, media, I think there's quite a systemic underrepresentation of cultural diverse voices. And I think what's quite troubling about this is these are places where a lot of decisions are being made about our communities, and telling our stories. So I think it's really important that we bring all voices to the table when making decisions for our communities, Um, because I think we've seen in the past where um, decisions and solutions haven't necessarily fit the needs of a particular community. So, you know, part of this is really me um, trying to be a part of the change and pushing forward for more diverse voices in in the places that matter.
0: Well, firstly, thank you for telling me about that, Alex. It's really I guess I'm really honoured in a sense to have you really share your passion for DE&I and your confidence speaking about it really shows that you stand strong behind DE&I. And it's also really great to hear that organisations like LEK are very supportive of you launching initiatives like Pride at LEK to really get our communities really more gathered around or more of a greater understanding of what it is the LGBTQ plus space is really about. Um, talking about having co-founded Pride at LEK, what does this initiative consist of and what goes into running the resource group?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So we had quite a big launch in June and we ran a range of awareness um, celebratory initiatives. And I think the focus for Pride at LEK in the following years is to really focus on the four pillars that we set out to do. Um, So that's providing career development support for LGBTQ professionals joining LEK, um, being visible particularly in recruitment as well and providing additional support around that uh, and also giving opportunities for learning awareness and advocacy within the organisation so there's some really exciting plans for next year um, and we ended up also getting budget for next year so the firm is really sort of throwing their support around this and there's some really exciting plans for next year so I, I definitely welcome anyone to stay tuned with LEK in Australia um, there's a lot of things happening around this space uh, and generally also with um, recruitment as well I think we're making a big focus on bringing more people into the firm and getting people to meet them as well
0: mm-hmm. uh, something else I'm curious about though is beyond um, having launched the prior LEK chapter is there anything else that LEK is pushing forward that it does support the e or does support the space as a whole
1: yeah, certainly. Um, so there's definitely a lot of energy at LEK um, and a lot of things happening in the background as well to really push forward and in, in diversity, inclusion, and equity at the firm. Um, so outside of what is happening with the employee um, resource groups as well, um, there's a lot of internal work being done around how can we be um, more intersectional in our approach to diversity. And how could we also provide other means of support as well? So things that are coming down the track potentially are around, you know, providing additional financial support um, for people who are applying for the firm and from uh, diverse backgrounds and experiences as well. Um, and at the same time, yeah, LEK is, you know, certainly opening up recruitment very soon in December. So um, I can imagine it'd be good to keep a lookout on their LinkedIn page for that as well.
0: Oh, it's always nice to see firms uh, provide more opportunities for uh, not only students, but really everyone in general to uh, learn a lot more about DE&I. I honestly cannot emphasize this enough because a lot of people push for this movement without really having a good understanding of why they are doing it. I think To me, a lot of people want to be identified as an ally, but not really understand the definition of what being an LGBTQ plus ally really is. And so, Alex, from your perspective, What does it mean to be an ally and how is it that I can be a good or an effective ally in that sense?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, That's a really good question, Kevin, because I think a lot of people want to be allies, but a gap is around, you know, how can you equip yourself to be a good ally? And um, there are sort of three key things that I'd say uh, around generally how you can be a good ally. You know, what's most important initially is that you're really visible as an ally. So, you know, when you're in conversations or when you're around people and, you know, issues around LGBTQ inclusion come up, I think being really visible and being very vocal and open about your allyship is quite important um, because, um, you know, this is from my personal experience and I've spoken to other people who've um, spoken to their similar experiences too around this is that we're generally on the lookout for indicators of inclusion because. Um, you know, unfortunately is the case that, and, and we're getting a lot better with this, but, you know, in the past and, you know, presently, uh, society hasn't really necessarily created a safe um, and open and inclusive place for LGBTQ people. So what we look for are for indicators that people are inclusive uh, and, you know, things like being very vocal about your allyship are, you know, one of some really important and you know, key ways you can be showing your allyship in a, in a really good way. Um, the second thing is around being informed as well. So you know, being an ally I think goes beyond just showing your support, but it's also learning a bit more about the issues that face the community. Um, just like you know, with any good friend, knowing um, the things that are important to someone and what affects them. I think it's the same thing with the LGBTQ community. So um, exposing yourself to learning, reading more, watching movies and documentaries with really good LGBTQ representation, um, and also listening to the voices and uh, within the community as well, I think is a really good way to stay informed. And then the last thing is about turning that um, information and allyship into action as well. So um, I think what I like to say and a lot of other people like to say is allyship is a lot more about the mistakes you make than you know, what you get right, because you'll make mistakes along the way. And I think that is where you're able to be vulnerable. Um, sometimes you know it might be slightly uncomfortable that you make mistakes at that point in time, Um, but it really allows you to learn and grow and be a better ally as well. So, you know, those are the general things you can do. Um, I've also linked some additional resources as well, um, which you can potentially access um, to read up on as well on how to react
0: to someone who might come out to you as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We'll make sure to add that to the (laughs) episode description itself. But uh, a couple of things I wanted to note there from your statements. Uh, One, the way you're able to piece together your answer to this question is really impressive and it really does illustrate for your passion for this topic itself. Like I mentioned, I feel sometimes we all need a refresher on what it means to be an ally, but also two, uh, really great advice on the three things on how you can be a good ally, being supportive of equal rights to everyone, regardless of race, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of gender or religion, uh, being able to do what you can to call out discrimination and really fight for equality, right? Being able to try to make the world a better place for anyone who identifies as LGBTQ plus it should be something that we want to do for others always and not something we have to or we need to do because it's at the forefront of what is considered good and ethical behavior and look the HRME really enjoys having conversations with you Alex about diversity equity and inclusion and so to continue on uh, we've dedicated some time at the end of the shoot to do a little deep dive into this new project that you've been working on additionally behind the scenes. I honestly don't know how easy you do it but it seems time management is something you've mastered. You still have time for a passion project in the space. And so I actually saw this week you launched the initiative itself and made some introductory posts into the executive members. Uh, some questions to get you going for I pass the baton over to you so you can fully discuss that project that's been in the works for a long time now is What is the project? Who have you been working on with? Um, Why did you launch it? And why now?
1: Yeah, sure, that's a really good question. Um, So yeah, this project has certainly been uh, something that we've been working on for the past few months now um, with a couple of friends and I. And it really initially just started as a conversation um, at my previous workplace around how we can improve cultural diversity across Australian workplaces. You know, acknowledging that um, the lack of cultural diversity is a problem that um, is quite systemic in Australia. I think we thought about how we can approach this and, you know, be a part of the solution in a particular industry that we were in, um, and also then broadening it to workplaces in general across Australia. Um, So we started Careers in Colour, and basically Careers in Colour aims to be an organisation that champions cultural diversity uh, for people of colour. And also provide a community uh, for open discussion and create visible um, and showcase visible and diverse role models around the space as well. Uh, and we have a particular focus on people with intersecting identities that are particularly underrepresented. Um, so, for example, it might be you know if you're LGBTQ, might be your gender, uh, might be around socioeconomic disadvantage, or it might be if you're a person who's a First Nations Australian as well. So, we're really just trying to. Um, lift voices and provide a community for people to talk about you know these issues and create explicit spaces for cultural diversity to be discussed in the workplace
0: what is the long-term goal of careers in color
1: yeah so that's a good question kevin so ultimately the long-term goal of careers in color is to increase the number of culturally diverse leaders in australian workplaces and by doing so I think we can increase cultural safety and make workplaces more equitable and accessible so they do become more reflective of modern Australia. And I think a part of this will probably involve increasing organisational accountability, um, increasing literacy and awareness around the issue, and hopefully pushing organisations to be less one-dimensional in issues of diversity and take a more intersectional approach in their organisations. I think the great thing as well is that the conversation has changed quite a bit Recently, uh, particularly with what we've seen in federal politics, where potential candidates might not be reflective of the communities they serve. And uh, people are being a lot more vocal around this issue, and there's a lot of momentum currently. So there's some really exciting stuff ahead. Um, so I definitely recommend uh, to keep in touch with Careers in Color's LinkedIn page to see some of the exciting stuff that we have planned over the next year.
0: Definitely, definitely a great long term goal to work on. And I love the name so much Careers in Color. It has a really nice ring to it when I say it. And it's very motivational to see you and just a couple of friends dedicate your time after work hours to bring this initiative to life. So it was a really great pleasure to have you speak about it today, Alex. And so it was wonderful to have you on this week's episode. And thank you again for coming on and walking us through this wonderful insight that is your journey in consulting, and also having a chance to chat about the great work that you've done with not only Prada LEK, but within this domain of diversity, equity and inclusion. Yet again, I'll walk away with key takeaways on being a great ally and just a great supporter of the LGBTQ plus network. Thanks, Kevin. Great to be
1: on.